What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 24 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. I am joined today by my co-host, Zach Rolf. What's going on today, Zach? Not much, man. How you doing? Not bad at all. Uh, it's about 45 degrees up here in northern New York. Got a good workout this morning. Uh, yeah, sun's shining. It's not a bad day. Dude, I can't wait to go outside, start playing catch with my kids, doing fun stuff where it's not snowing. I just got brand new cornhole boards, custom made. I got an Ohio State one and a New York Giants one. It's pretty awesome. Pretty excited to use those. Yeah, I. Uh, is there still snow on the ground down there? Yeah, it's it's melting away. It's it's going away, but it is still very slightly there. Yeah, we still have quite a bit of snow up here, but it's going to take a few few weeks to to actually melt. Um, say maybe two days from now it'll all be gone. That's nice. Then you can go outside and play and do what you want to do. Right. Uh, your high school season wrapped up this past weekend, right? Saturday, maybe. Yeah, we got done. We got done Friday. How'd that go? It went well. We were, um, you know, one thing I'm really excited about with my program. So we actually went to Tioga on Wednesday, and it was it was really cool. So my team, I think I have, out of my 15 kids in my varsity team, I think nine of them are freshmen. Damn. So, um, it was really nice to see them react to watching a program like Tioga, who's obviously the two-time defending state champs. Yeah. And it was cool because at one point, you know, all the kids, it was like towards the beginning of the matches and all my kids are kind of sitting up in the stands, you know, just kind of waiting for them, for them to come up. And I walked over to him. I said, guys, look over to the other bench. Tell me what you see. And what, what you saw was every single one of their kids, no matter how big or small, how far away their matches were, they all had their headphones on. They were all pacing back and forth, you know, kind of getting ready for their matches and my my young freshman teams all sitting up in the in the bleachers, waiting for things to happen. And I, I looked at them and I said, "Look at them, and look at those banners on the wall, and tell me what you see. Tell me what the difference is between our program and theirs, because it's not the banners. It's it's what what they're doing on the ed on the on the outside. Right. And they they all kind of looked at me like, "Oh wow, you know what? You're right. Like we are not doing what we're supposed to be doing." And we went on to win three varsity matches out of like 18 right? right which i expected we're wrestling to tioga i have a young team i wasn't i wasn't shocked by any means um but they we got on the bus and actually it was like the opposite effect usually you get your butt kicked and everybody's like down in the dumps and really upset but i had all my kids were like coming to me and say hey coach you know i don't think i want to play lacrosse this year you know i think i'm gonna come in the spring I'm gonna do my football, and then I'm gonna I'll be there in the spring, and so it, so I can get better wrestling. I had like three or four of my freshmen come to me and say that who all grew up, who all grew up watching, um, they're playing lacrosse, right? That that was their main sport. Right. So it was really cool to hear that and see that with my program starting to kind of get these young kids to buy in. And our Pee Wee program, um, they started in 2015 with a bunch of young guys. So like we're just now starting to see our Pee Wee program where I think five of our nine freshmen are all coming from the PB program. And it's really our first set of kids that are, that are coming up. So it's really cool to see that and see all the kids buying in after watching the two time state champs come beat our asses. Yeah. I mean, I can see that from the same aspect and then from, you know, the opposite aspect, um, you know, come from governor. We, 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 you know, when we, I wrestled, you, you had to start warming up, you know, you, you kind of got into the zone when you were wrestling before your matches, you know, you weren't just going to go out there 
after eating a bag of Cheetos on the, the, the bench uh, or whatever. Um, so, you know, when I went to Canton to coach, um, that's, that's part of changing the culture. You get those guys to see what's going on and seeing what it takes to be at that next level and, uh, you know, start doing the right things. And, you know, some of those guys bought in and, and it obviously helped their program around because we started beating teams we lost to my first year there. So, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. It's nice to see that when you have a young team. Yeah, exactly. And it's only it's my second year in Corning. Well, it's technically my third year in Corning, but my second year as the head coach. Right. And uh, it it's really it's motivating me to see you know that them buy in. And it's not you know you can as a coach you can tell your kids, hey, this is what you should be doing. This is what I did or whatever, right? But it's different when you see like you go to a you go to a program like Tioga and you see what their guys are doing. You're like, oh man, you know it's really what they're doing. That's really what we should be doing. It's different when you actually see kids your age and successful guys who are beating the crap out of you do things as opposed to the uh, old man in, in, with the whistle in his mouth telling yeah. you what to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's good that you guys had a good season. We're, uh, we're still waiting up here. I think we're going to have it at April 1st to June 10th, but again, I'm not hundred percent sure on any of that logistics stuff yet. I and that's a full two month season. Yeah, and, you know, all of April, um, hopefully, you know, a, a week doesn't pass where you're quarantined as a school. You're, you know, you're not allowed to go practice and whatnot. It's still up in the air. I don't think, I think the school's got to finalize it first and all be on the same page. And uh, it's going to be inter-county, you know, wrestling. So it's, it'll suck, but it is what it is. Yeah. But like, you know, I, I kind of wish we had like, I think I wish we had March as our month rather than February. Right. Because then I'd be leading right into States. Exactly. Right. Like right now I have to go practice in my barn with less kids because, you know, now it's football season. So I'm losing out on some of my kids that are going to go play football in March. But, um, it, it's, it'd be nice if I was still in my wrestling room practicing rather than in my barn at the moment. Yeah. And if, for us, it's, it does suck because baseball season's going to be happening. I think maybe even lacrosse. So we've got a few kids on our team that play baseball and they're obviously going to probably continue to play baseball just because wrestling's hard. It's tough. Some might not want to do it. I think one of our seniors might actually be wrestling this year, which is, it's good to see, um, you know, even with the schedule or the limited schedule we have, but it's got its pros and cons having it in April or March or yeah, April through June. It is what it is. Hey, you guys can get ready for Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> I I think Bear – well, see, a lot of our, our guys that are practicing are still practicing at Kenny's, you know, Greenhouse. So all the North Country guys, Section 3, Northern Section 3, even as far south as, like, you know, Central Square where Cole Mulhouse are from. And then there's a handful of Fulton guys that are practicing up at Watertown as well. So That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's good that, to have uh, that location. I did hear that we will be having a freestyle states. That's nice. Yeah, um, I hear it's going to be in Williamsport, PA. Oh, nice. So that'll be fun. That'll be good. Yeah, down in Lycoming, or I mean, well, probably not at the college, but no, I, I don't know if you know where the Matt Town Open was. But that was it. That was an event they had recently. Hmm. That's where it is. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. That's cool. I mean, you could go to the Howard Lomady. Howard J. Lamedy Stadium or whatever that Little League World Series game is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. They yeah. also have a pretty cool little, like, um, large arena complex thing where they have, like, laser tag and, and a trampoline park. 
a bunch of stuff for like families to kind of get together and do stuff in so you can go wrestle at freestyle states and then go jump on some trampolines and have some fun with your family yeah. and team you know take your team there do a little team building have a little fun yeah talking about freestyle the women's wrestling the cliff keen ncwwc nationals were held this past weekend uh, we had several new york girls place down in eighth place at 130 pounds and amy henry out of new jersey city she took eighth uh zoe gress uh colorado mesa took seventh at 155. Morgan Davison of Tiffin took sixth at 170. Nia Crosdale of King took fourth at 170. Sophie Mirabella of King took fourth at 116. Uh, making the finals was Joy Levandusky of McKendry. They were the team national champs. She took second at 170. And our national champ from New York was Cheyenne Sissentine. 607 stand up. Yeah, right. So uh, she took first at 123. So Cheyenne and Joy both qualified for the Olympic trials coming up. So that's exciting to see. Yeah, that that's awesome. I can't. I'm so excited for them. And I think Cheyenne's gonna have, Cheyenne's gonna be a killer. You know, coming up. I'm not sure she's ready to make a team just yet. Um, especially at that one that that 53, 57 kilo area. Right. Uh, she, I would I would assume she would go 53 kilos. Um. But I'm I'm not sure she's ready to go there yet. But it's gonna be fun to see her in the future. How about that 170 weight class? Tons of New York. Tons yeah. of New York. You know, Crosdale. New Yorkers plays at 170. Yep, that was awesome. Um, I think it was Joy's semifinal match. She uh, you know, hit one of her patented ankle picks. Uh, it seems like she hits that a lot. She's obviously tall. Um, right. Yeah, it was nice. I saw. I think her dad posted that on Instagram, or on the New York Wrestling Woman's Instagram page, but. Yeah, it was awesome. She's really good. Yeah. So that was, uh, it's, it's exciting to see some of our New York girls continuing on and wrestling in college. And, you know, as our sport grows, hopefully, you know, more schools and, you know, even the state sanctions the sport of women's wrestling in New York. It'd be nice to see. Yeah. You know, speaking of women's wrestling in New York, Amaya College is reaching out looking for a volunteer coach to help coach their uh, women's college program. So, if anybody's interested, reach out to them. They have an Instagram at Elmira. I believe it's at Elmira Women's Wrestling. Yeah, W Wrestling maybe. W Wrestle. But yeah, so if you're looking for someone, um, reach out to them. They have they're on all social medias. Coach uh, Chris Griswold, looking for something to do. Yeah, yeah. If you guys didn't know, our first episode we had, or second episode we had Ian Clark on, the men's coach. You know, talking about the uh, facilities and stuff that they have there, and even if you go to their social media, they they post a lot of stuff where. You know, it's it's cool to see, you know, their dorms and and, uh, you know, the facilities they do have in that, that small college. Obviously, you're in that area already. So, you know, some stuff. I, mean, I, live, I live a mile from the college. So <laughs> it's nice. It's, it's going to be fun to go down there and watch them wrestling. Dude, I can't wait. And especially they actually did a really nice job of recruiting some section four guys. Um, we got a couple of Tioga kids, a, a um, Windsor kid. So um, I'm sure they're going to take some of my kids soon. I, I think a couple of my kids have looked at that at their school so far this year. So I'm excited to see my guys stay home so I can, you know, travel five minutes to go watch them compete rather than Drew who goes all the way down to Long Island and I have to wait and watch them online. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's get into the NAIA. The NAIA had their nationals this past weekend as well. Um, I reached out to Reinhardt's assistant coach, Jimmy Overheiser. He said there wasn't any New York guys that competed at the tournament this year. But he said, you know, expect to see some next year. I know he has been recruiting a few guys to compete down there in Reinhardt um, next Tyler season. Tyler Rice committed to go down there. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's and awesome. I know he had like two or three other people that were um gonna gonna go down for visits. I think they did. And uh Yeah, Avery went down and visited. Avery Leonard went down and visited. Cody uh Cody Murray went down and visited. I took Zach Levy down with Luke Riley from Amira. Um I know they all went down. Uh another one was I believe Greg Hotelling went down. He visited down there. I mean he he was doing a nice job of trying to recruit those New York guys. Yeah. Get him down to Reinhardt. Yeah. I, I mean, mean they're always gonna come up. They just had their first ever National champion yeah. in the in program's history. Um, they took, I believe, see, they, I think they took finish sixth in the tournament overall, which, I mean, for a young program, that's that's impressive. They're yeah. doing a really nice job down there. How about, I mean, so their guy, Nolan Saxton, who won at 157, how about the guy in the finals that he wrestled? Did you see that? Yeah, he was bandaged up, right? Yeah, he, I guess. I, I think he straight up tore his hamstring. Yeah, probably. I could be wrong. I don't know that for sure. That's just me totally guessing, but he did it in the semifinals. Did you see this? No. In the semifinals, he did it in the match in uh, in overtime. Oh yeah, 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 I did, and he got yeah, I did it. Yeah, he I did it in that. overtime, going into so it was at the end of the third period, going into overtime, and he had to take injury time at the end of the third period. So was, obviously, you take injury time in college, your your opponent gets choice. So his opponent takes down and sudden victory. And all he has to do is escape, and he wins. And this kid, Giovanni Bonilla from from Grandview, get the turn in sudden victory to win the match with a torn hamstring. Yeah. Unreal. Jason and then he goes out there, and he, he laces up, and, and he, he tries to compete in the finals. He's obviously too banged up to do so. But, man, that was impressive. What a show of guts that kid just that kid had. Jason Bryant, uh, I think, tweeted or retweeted that video. And uh, so, yeah, I saw it on my t- timeline. But, uh, you know, thinking about it, though, if that kid was injured and really only was standing on one leg, I, I mean, obviously going down is a smart decision, but, you know, he's still using his upper body at that point. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe shooting on a guy with one leg is, isn't as bad as being underneath a guy that has, you know, full capability of using his upper body. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, if you think about it, I mean, he just got hurt. You don't really right. know how injured he is going into overtime. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you don't know if he's just tired or, or what's going on. I could have been a gas, yeah. So, like, you don't – and then you take down, so you don't even you don't even see the capacity of which he really is banged up. So then, I mean, he's got that turn and he stood up. You could tell. he. I mean, he's, he's celebrating on one foot. He's not even – he's celebrating getting excited. Even with the adrenaline of just making the national finals isn't enough to stop the pain. He's not even – he's not using it to celebrate with, like – he clearly was very injured. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I mean, sucked to see him injured, but it was nice to see Overheiser and Reinhardt get their first natty champ. So, yeah. Jimmy, learn up your celebration game, bro. Yeah. You look pretty uh, calm in that corner. I was a little upset with you. Yeah. I mean, you got, there's a video of me when Drew won the quarters last year. My legs, like in a spaz twitch kind of thing. <laughs> you think I'm having a seizure with my leg because I'm like freaking out so hard. I don't even know what I'm doing. And this kid helps somebody win a national title, and he's just like, let's go. Yeah, that's what we do. What uh, is this? <laughs> yeah. So uh, moving on to our D2 guys, the D2 national tournament is going on this weekend. Uh, you know, we have several New York guys competing in that as well. Uh, we have kind of have a pipeline going from New York to Gannon, I think. But uh, So starting at 141, we have Kellen McKenna. He's out of Section 3. He wrestles for Notre Dame now, out of Ohio. Um, he is, I believe he's second seed at 141. This isn't oh, yeah. his first time at the national tournament. He's made it before. Also at 141, we have Austin Hertel of Hilton. He is, competes for Gannon, uh, one of four guys from New York that are wrestling for Gannon at this tournament. 
Up at 157, we have Nick Young out of Alexander. He also wrestles for Alexander or for Gannon. 174, we got Noah Cur- Carreri. Uh, he's out of Section 9. He wrestles for Queens. Up at 184, Cameron Page of Faulkner. He wrestles for Gannon. 285, Freddie Nixon of St. Joe's. He is the fourth guy that wrestles for Cannon. So, you know, half of their team is New York guys. It's a pipeline right there. That's awesome. Yeah. And then uh, also at 133, Benny Fielding. Uh, he wrestled for IHC. Maybe, um, I know for Modified and, and Pee Wee's he did. And then maybe at one year of varsity. But then he went to Germany because his dad's in the Air Force or uh, the Army. And uh, he wrestled in Germany. But he wrestled for Belmont Abbey, and he's also competing at 133. So, just another New York guy. Yeah, his brother wrestles or is wrestling this year for Carthage, uh, northern part of Section Three. So, yeah, nice. interesting. Yep. So uh, that about covers it for the Division Two national tournament going on this weekend. You know, t- tune in. We've got some hammers competing out there. Moving into the Big Tens, though. I mean, this conference, uh, second weekend of conference tournaments were pretty darn exciting. Um, so Yeah, I was, you know, I, I had a good time. I watched uh, all day Saturday. I was watching some kind of wrestling, whether it was Pelican, Big Tens, Big Twelves. Like, it was it was a good day. Yeah, I watched the Pelican tournament, I think, Friday, Friday morning before I went into work. And then I worked most of the day for Friday and then, uh, you know, all day Saturday. So I was not able to watch most of it and then i was not able to watch you know the first day of big tens so that that sucked but uh yeah you know as much as i love freestyle it's march yeah it's ncaa season I, I did focus more on big tens than i did on the pelicone i have to go back and watch the matches i did go back and watch burroughs chamizo we can get that get into that a little bit later yeah so uh talking about big tens um, Iowa won the national or won the Big Ten tournament with 159 and a half points. They beat Penn State, who had 124, coming in second. Uh, just to give the the top five, Nebraska finished third, Michigan fourth, and Minnesota fifth. One thing I noticed in the team scores was obviously Ohio State. I'm not reading much into this, but Ohio State finished ninth place with 69 and a half points. I think that was their fewest team points they've had since 2011. Granted, Decatur didn't wrestle. And Echemendia uh, was out this year, so Decatur didn't make weight. Right. I mean, how do you not make weight at the Big Ten Championships? Like this is your national qualifier. You have to make weight two more times. Figure it out, man. Like it's, it's. I don't get it. I mean, yeah, he's probably pulling a lot. Right. You made it all year. Make it. That doesn't make sense. Echemendia. I mean, he wasn't even the starter, so like, I mean, you can say he was out, but. He's not better than D'Amelio at folk style. Right. I mean, folk style was, it's a different thing. Obviously he can hang with some of these guys on their feet, but when they're, he goes down, he's, it, it's not good for him. You know, obviously we saw it with him and Ironman. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, even, even on your feet, if you think about it, if you've only wrestled freestyle your whole life and you wrestle against people like, like, like Ironman, who has no problem going across his back, which is not something you have to worry about when you're finishing shots in freestyle. Right. So, I mean, Everything, everything in this guy's world is different. So, I, I do think he'll be able to figure it out in a couple of years. I mean, he's got some time still. He's in a he's in a good room. Unfortunately, the room he's in is not a great bottom wrestling team. Hurts my soul. But hurts my soul. Yeah, it's, it's but, the truth. Ohio State can't get off bottom. I don't know why. You think they'd figure it out? But they do have a lot of focus on freestyle. They have at least traditionally. So I'm not super surprised by it. But figure it out. Yeah, so, so seeing them so low in the uh, team standings was kind of surprising. 
or just you know, it was different to see. But on a different token, Michigan State, they finished with more team points than they finished since 2003, I believe, the last 18 years. Um, That's phenomenal. Yeah, it's good to see them because a few years ago they were they were down in the dumps. Um, you know, when I think Minkle was leaving, uh, I believe maybe that's when it was, but yeah, it was just, their program kind of was not in the right direction, but yeah, it was good. They've had a good uh, weekend this past weekend. And I think they're sending a seven, six or seven guys to the NCAAs maybe. So. Yeah. They 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 had a really good tournament. The one thing I will say, I don't know the exact stat for this, but something like, five or six of their guys are, are seniors this year. I think I read somewhere hmm. or saw somewhere. Um, Cam Caffey. Um, Rayvon. Rayvon Foley. I think the Santos, the Santos kid at 41 was is a senior. Um, Tucker. Yeah. Hughes. Hughes, yeah. Malsuski. I mean, uh. they're all, they're all really, I mean, not, they're not old, but I think they're all seniors, which obviously they can come back one more year, but, I mean, who wants to do that when uh, not many people are going to want to do a sixth year of, of college unless you already have plans for a master's or even a doctorate to that point, right? Yeah, true. Um, but the, a couple of really good things about Michigan State, and I don't know if you want to do it when we get to the to the weight class, but um, Peyton Omania and Chase Aldate. Yes. I mean, Omania didn't qualify, but he beat Mike Grambrill, who took third at this tournament. Yeah, he had a good tournament. I mean, he hit a nasty headlock. It was it was beautiful. Yeah, and then Saldate, he took fourth, which, you know, in our preview uh, episode, we talked about he was going to be wrestling uh, Nell, or Caleb Young I, maybe the first round or maybe it was the quarters that he wrestled them in. But regardless, we, we knew he probably wasn't right there to beat Caleb Young yet. But, uh, you know, he has a promising career, and he's done pretty darn well for a freshman. So, yeah, no, he's, he's really good. And a lot of, I don't know if a lot of people know this. I'm sure people do, but Saldate is the one who kind of went a little bit viral when Khabib Nurmagomedov was wrestling at, at Gilroy with DC and Chase Saldate is from Gilroy wrestles for Daniel Cormier. And the video of Khabib beating up the, the high school kid was, was uh Chase Saldate. So yeah, you, you, he's going to be a put, monster. You put high school kids against me. I whoop his ass or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was nice to see Saldate. I, I actually went after I saw that, I'm like, I got to follow this kid now. So, you know, I followed him and then, you know, he was going to Michigan state and uh, that's obviously where he's at right now. And it's good to see him having some success. So getting into our, uh, in, into the weights, starting at 125, Spencer Lee was a champ and, you know, his performance was, is pretty awesome. I mean, especially with, the leg that may or may not be blown out. I don't know. Yeah, man, like that is scary to think about. Um, those of you who don't know or didn't see it, because I, I know a lot of people who listen to the show aren't like, they, they may not be on social media as much, but right. there was a tweet or something going around on Twitter um, that Spencer Lee mouthed or said something to, to Brands in the corner, and it looked like he said, it's gone, it's out. Yep. So... I hope I hope that's not blown ACL. And then I guess there was another speculation. I don't know if Stalemates put it out or or if Willie put it out. But someone said that Brands at one point in the corner was screaming at Spencer, "You're only forty percent. You're only forty percent." So 
uh, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't bode well because at the end of the day, you know, I love I love watching Spencer Lee in college, but he's gonna walk through this tournament with one arm tied behind his back. Where the Olympic trials, that's not quite the case, and that's where I want to see him at 100 percent because I want to see him against Dayton Fix, Nick Seriano, Nick uh, Thomas Gilman, Seth Gross. I mean, all those guys. So hopefully, hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he gets it figured out. Hopefully we're all just making shit up because we're scared. Yeah. I mean, as a Hawkeye fan, you know, shout out Hawks. Um, I've got to, I just hope, I hope he's not at 40% like brands. I think yelled out, um, but to watch him tech fall Raguson, uh, he had a 24 second pin over Rayvon Foley in the semis. And then uh, he tech followed Schroeder in the finals, 18 to three, but he gave up the first takedown and credit to Raguson and uh, Schroeder even though that he gave up those two takedowns or even though that he tacked those guys, they put up a fight. They came out fighting and uh, you can't really, it's hard to congratulate somebody even though they lost and they got tacked, but those two came uh, out scrapping. It's the Pat McKee effect or not Pat McKee, the fact, the Pat glory effect. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody was like, Oh man, he looks so good. What do you mean? He looked good. Yeah, Lee, Lee came off the mat um, after his finals, which I didn't get to watch the interview because I watched the Big Ten finals at Buffalo Wild Wings. And, uh, you know, had, hadn't Kenny Courts been coaching his team down in Virginia Beach, um, you know, we would have been watching them together. But it was allowed. I don't think the audio was actually on in there. So uh, I wasn't able to hear what the guy said. But re-watching his interview, Lee said that was the first time he gave up the first takedown of the match. So since his last loss, I think that he said. But uh, regardless, it's been a while since he gave up the first takedown. But on that note, you know, he scored 18 points to um, Schroeder's one point after he scored that. So, Yeah. You know, a couple other tidbits from the bracket moving off Spencer Lee. Liam Cronin goes 0-2. Like, that's surprising to me. I mean, he loses to um, Devin Schroeder, and then he lost to um, Michael D'Agostino on the backside. So that was surprising. Uh, Robbie Howard goes on. He beats uh, Dylan Raguson in overtime to put himself as a national qualifier in the top six. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, if there was one weak spot or one spot that everybody was like, man, I don't know if Penn State's got it here, it was it was Robbie Howard because he hadn't seen it yet. And then here he goes. and he, I mean, he, he did take a loss to Heinzman and a loss to um, Eric Barnett, but outside of those – he looked pretty good this weekend. And he ended up um, – he outplaced Barnett, didn't he? Barnett didn't even place. Yeah, Barnett did not place. Uh, yeah, Barnett lost to Pat McKee. Right. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it all year. 125 Big Tens is wild. Um, you know, McKee said something on Twitter a couple months back talking about Rutgers guys being crybabies or whatever. And <laughs> Rutgers backup, which people are calling him his third string just because Suriano would actually be the starter. But – uh. Rutgers backup Shaver beat McKee um, to start the bracket. So that's just wild that you know, we talked about 125. It's just stuff like that happens. And then Cronin coming in as the second seed, you know, like you said, 0-2. But then again, you're looking at Schroeder. He only had like one loss, I think, on the year going into Big Tens, I believe. Yeah, that was to – oh, man, was it was that Spencer? I don't think – no, I don't think he was Barnett, Spencer. maybe? Yeah, that's what it was. It was Barnett. But but regardless of that, like Schroeder made that Big Ten finals last year, so like he's obviously been there, and uh, obviously showed. I mean, he he made the finals this year. He he beat Heinzelman. He major Heinzelman in the semifinals. So yeah, um, yeah, that's just a little bit about 125 and the, the craziness that it has 
I'm moving up to 133. Uh, RBY beat um, DeSanto in the finals, five to two. We talked about it all, you know, last episode. If you take away your arm, you know, I think it was RBY's left arm. DeSanto's not going to dump you, right? He's not going to get that grip, and he's not going to be able to uh, to, to get to his his uh, offense. <clears throat> and that's what he did. We saw it last year in the match, and we saw it last night, or we saw it that night. So, yeah, and you know, I you would think he'd have made an adjustment somehow. I mean, RBY did it to him exactly a year ago. Yeah. And DeSanto didn't make the adjustment. He couldn't figure out how to finish. He he did get to that single leg early in the first period, or probably mid first period. But he wasn't able to finish, and that was the issue in the dual meet last year, where he w- he was taking those shots and getting that single leg, and th- he made the adjustments where he's not getting cradled this time. But right. I mean, he's still he's still getting taken down off of those shots. He's gotta he's gotta make an adjustment somewhere. Maybe maybe learn how to hit that shot from the other side. I mean, he was getting to the inside tie on the opposite side. Why why do you only have to why do you only have that shot to one side? Because that's not that's not a shot that you need that you can't go to both ways on. Right. It's not like a it's not like a high crotch where you're just comfortable going one way. You know, you can use both arms to, to hit a dump with. Yeah, hopefully he makes some adjustments. As an Iowa fan, I think, you know, he's got, you know, more in the arsenal to, uh, you know, to, to have offense against RBY. I mean, RBY obviously is pretty darn good, but <clears throat> I just think that he has to dig into the arsenal to, to get over that taking the arm away. Because, you know, last year it frustrated him where he couldn't get to the arm. This year, he, he expected it, but he didn't make any changes to, you know, in the match or during this last 12 months. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of started with when, you know, everybody saw what Dake did to Derringer in their, in their matches where he kind of took his arm away. That's true, yeah. And then you started seeing people were like, oh, if you only have a dump, all I got to do is not give you my arm. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and Lucas Bird, Lucas Bird gave Austin DeSanto a, a really good match in the, in the semis, and he was doing the same thing. He wasn't letting his arm get trapped um, yeah, the, way, the way that they usually do. We, we saw DeSanto wrestle somebody in a duel this year that they started to take the arm away. Granted, I think, you know, DeSanto just got his hands on him, and then that guy had no choice but to reach and gave that arm up, and, you know, DeSanto hit it. But, uh, yeah, DeSanto beat Bird in the semis 5-4. to four. Now, Bird had a pretty good uh, tournament for Illinois. He took third. He beat Cannon seven to one in the Conci uh, finals. But, yeah, he uh, made it Rundell for Purdue in the in the Conci semis. Yeah, um, talking about Cannon, he took fourth. Uh, he lost to RBY eight to three in the semis. You know, people kind of talk about that match. Is you know, Cannon came out and he fought pretty tough. I mean, RBY is just on a different level. But yeah, good to see Can- Cannon come out and uh. Wrestling hard. Going yeah, there wasn't it. not much more left in this bracket to go over. Yeah, there really is. I mean, fifth, fifth through eighth. I mean, I, I don't really recall how many they uh, have qualified at this weight, but yeah, this weight there's not much to talk about besides you know those top four, especially the top right. two. Uh, moving up to 141, Iowa Hawkeyes got their second Big Ten champ, Jaden Ironman. Of Iowa won by decision over Nick Lee, six to five. Uh, damn, his his defense is, is something else, isn't it? Dude, it's I don't even. He's like a he, he's like Houdini, man. He just makes stuff work. He went to uh, Nick Lee. So actually, the commentators were doing actually a pretty good job in this match because they were talking about 
Ironman's ability to to defend deep shots, right? Like if you take a if you take a deep shot with your hips coming in, Ironman does a really nice job of sitting the corner and finding and finding ways to score. And not only did he sit the corner, but like he sat the corner and went leg in on the far side. And then I mean he hit that. I mean I, I the person I've seen make it more famous is Ben Darmstadt where he's his mat return with the leg in crossing to the far side, and he just did that from a from a defensive scramble rather than uh, like a normal mat return. And it was just, it was, it was a thing of beauty. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. That was nasty. Yeah. Um, he, you know, just kind of did the little foot sweep with the, the right. And um, then it, he pushed off the back, the left leg, I believe. And then once he had the momentum going forward, he, he trapped uh, Nick Lee's right leg. And then, you know, he got the takedown. He had both boots in and he, he got riding time. He rode out Nick Lee, I believe with the six, five. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, so that whole that's, first period. I mean, that's where that's all. I think most of his writing time all came in the first period because yeah. Nick Lee would take neutral and Ironman only scored one takedown. Yep, and that was it. Um, but so Jane Ironman took first, Lee took second. Uh, Lee's semifinal match with the Rivera was, you know, fireworks. Uh, I didn't Dude, that, that was the match of the year. I don't care what yeah. anybody says. That was so much fun to watch. I'm a big Sebastian Rivera fan, and and I, I mean. It's no secret that I'm not a big Penn State fan, but um, I do enjoy watching Nick Lee wrestle, and that match, that match was awesome. I actually, I have a friend who's a really big Penn State fan. I said, "All right, listen, I care what you say. I need Nick Lee to lose tonight, so we are guaranteed a Sebastian Rivera Nick Lee rematch at NCAA's because I need it. I need it somewhere where it's on prime time. So I need it in the semis. I need it in the finals. I need it in round two. I just need it at night so we can all watch it again because it was." amazing yeah i didn't get to watch the match i saw highlights like again i was working um i'm still trying to dig through obviously the the final matches are on youtube but i'm still trying to dig through the uh matches um yeah that's that's a match i'm gonna have to to watch that was man you really missed out because that was so much fun yeah i i I got out of work i got out of work at sunday in the morning and uh that was you know blown up on my phone and then obviously getting to see Ironman versus Lee in the finals um, later that day was something I was looking forward to. So that yeah. was a eight to six win for Lee uh, Rivera beat Chad red in the county finals four to three. So, yeah, but you know what? March Chad red showed up. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, he, Besides yeah, he lost to Ironman. well, even against Ironman, he didn't wrestle bad. Right. I mean, he didn't, he obviously didn't win in, in the seven one. I don't think the seven one score is very reflective on the match, in my opinion. I think it was it was a little closer than that, um, but at the end of the day, he, he's just not going to beat those guys right now, mm-hmm. right? But he comes out, he majors Valdivias, and then he majors Dylan Duncan, who they had a four three controversial, might have lost the match. Yeah, we talked to Dylan about Duncan that. in the dual meet, and he comes out, and he smashes him twelve to three. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then yeah. and then then he majors Valdivias again. But it was just, I mean, March Shadrad showed up, and I'm excited to see what he can pull off. And, and if the seeds that we're seeing right now, if the seeds that we're seeing right now are accurate, they have him at the 7 with Seabass and Nick Lee at the 4-5. So if that's how they end up doing it, which is based on, on the seeding matrix from uh, Nomad, Nomad and Corby, Matt Scout Corby, um, if they end up being accurate with that, Shadrad's in the finals. Who's the uh, second seed? I, I didn't get to see Nomad's picks. Tariq. Tariq? Oh, okay. Well, Tariq. I mean, March Mahomes Chad Red versus March Tariq is going to be fun, right? Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, that's something I'm uh, signing me up for. 
Absolutely. I'm still taking red. I think I think if that's how it works out, I'm taking red in the finals. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's Chad Red March is dangerous. How crazy would it be? Ready? Think about this. If Nick Lee made the finals opposite, say he beats Seabass and he beats Ironman, and then he wrestles Chad Red in the national finals. That'd be wild. Chad Red's senior year. It'd be wild. Think think about that. Who, who where they wrestled in the state finals their senior year. Yeah. Then see come full circle. <laughs> and likely the and probably one of the best high school state finals matches I've ever watched. Yeah. And that was where Chad Red beat him and ended up celebrating in the stands before he even got his hand raised. <laughs> Yeah, it's and, uh, it's definitely possible. I mean, 141s. It's obviously we saw Red take fourth, but that weight is, um, you know, Red has a win. I mean, he's in a, the bottom side of the bracket. If that's the case, you know, he's right there to uh, to make a finals run. So, yeah. So moving up to 149, um, it kind of went partly the way we thought it was, but not really, because obviously I went with Murin. But uh, and we talked about how Ridge Lovett was pretty tough. Um, yeah, I mean, but- I should have pulled the trigger because I said very, I said it like four or five times throughout the recording. I said, "Don't sleep on Ridge Lovett beating Max Murian." You did. It's very possible. And then I went on to say, you know, I'm not picking it, but I kind of want to. I just didn't pull the trigger. I should have pulled the trigger because I was right. I got to go with my gut next time. Dang it. Yeah. So Sammy Sassel beat Ridge Lovett in the finals, five to two. But uh, Ridge Lovett, he beat Murin in the quarters, I believe it was. And then uh, he beat Michael Blockus 2-1, to one, uh, tiebreaker one, in the semis. So, you know, Ridge Lovett had a good tournament, and Max Murin did not. He didn't even he didn't even place. I mean, we talked about Hawkeyes winning. Yeah, he, he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't place, and he's going to have to get an uh, at-large. Granted, his, his losses came to Ridge Lovett and Michael Van Brill, who took third for Rutgers. He had a great tournament. So, yeah, Michael Van Brill looked really good. Yeah, I mean, um, after he got headlocked, talking he got about headlocked by Peyton Mania, and then he wrestled all the way back for third. T- talking about another, you know, guy at this weight that obviously didn't have the tournament he probably wanted was Bo Bartlett, Penn State. Right? We talked about 149 for Penn State. There's the options that they had. Bartlett probably was their best option. Yeah, obviously he didn't have a great tournament. We, we I thought he was going to beat Blockus. Um, you know, I thought the winner of Blockus Bartlett was going to make the semis. You know, beat Perriot, and uh, they did. Uh, Blockus won and beat Perriot, but I think Bartlett suffered from the. This was his first tournament of the year, I believe. Obviously, everybody had dual meets, right? Right. And he didn't have. He wasn't in many dual meets, so I just think he suffered from that. You know, freshman, not getting on the mat, not getting into that groove of tournaments where you're wrestling even if it's you know you're wrestling guys at the scuffle or at the cliff king las vegas or wherever just just in general um tournaments i don't care if it's at the michigan state open um it's a tournament where you're you're getting in the groove of things he might have been a freshman that suffered some freshmen obviously were were fine but in the fact that this wasn't his weight class you know he's not a 49 pounder but is what it is yeah so Here's what I think, and I, here I am. I'm a high school wrestling coach with no NCAA Division One experience whatsoever. But it goes back on Kale, in my opinion. I mean, how do you how do you put this? Make this kid make 141 all year long? Yeah, may, maybe it had to do with you know 
sticking with the guys that have been in the program, giving them giving them a fair shot to, to earn the spot. But you make this kid make 41 three or four times this year, and then second half of the season, which is already like really the last quarter of the season, then he's making 49, and he's got to put on some weight to be to be competitive with these guys. To wrestle somebody like Yaya Thomas, who is gigantic for this weight class. Yeah, true. That's I mean, point. or even, I mean, Periot's large for the weight class. Sammy Sasso is typically pretty big. Right. I mean, all these guys are, are big 49-pounders, and you made them make 41 a few times. You should have, uh, they should have made the decision a lot earlier so that Bo Bartlett wasn't sucking down to 41. He was trying to, and, and he could have kept the size on, and I think that, I think that is part of it. Yeah, yeah, that that's probably it. And, you know, the size factor, um, on top of what I was talking about just a second ago, it, it didn't help Bo Bartlett at all. Um, granted, this was really just a free year, um, but I think he probably – I mean, we all expect more out of him. Which He's a freshman. He's got four more years left. He's going to have a good career, but this just doesn't define him, I don't think. No, I agree. I think he's going to be – he's going to be a killer. Yeah. Um, Maybe maybe not next year, but this the following year when Nick Lee is gone. Yeah, you know I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a force. It and I think I think he'll stay at forty nine. I don't think he'll ever be a forty one pounder because I believe they're gonna bump. I think RBY is gonna bump up to forty one after Nick Lee's gone, and I think that'll put that'll have a nice little lineup there between uh, Robbie Howard going thirty three, RBY forty one, and Bartlett forty nine. Yeah, and then Bustiello at seventy four. <laughs> No. Let's get him back in school first. Yeah, that's true. Uh, moving up to 157, we've got Ryan Deacon of Northwestern over Caleb Young of Iowa in the final 6-0. to zero. Um, We mentioned maybe at the beginning of the show, I can't remember if we started before this, but Caleb Young, we were talking about Chase Saldate. Yeah, we were in the Michigan State uh, as yep. we talked about them. You know, Saldate had a great tournament. Um, he lost 4 to, four to nothing to Young in the quarters. Um, you know, he came back and he took fourth place, losing to Brayton Lee, six to three. But uh, some of those quarterfinal matches were exciting. Yeah, like, this was, you know, this weight was, you know, I want to say it was super exciting, but it was also super chalk, for the most part. Right. Right. I mean, the, the top four seeds made the the semis. I believe the top eight seeds all made the quarters, um, except for Cleary, who was a nine. He beat the eight, so I mean, it's still pretty chalk there, but. Um, the only the only real difference on the backside was Saldate beating Coleman to make the three four match, right? That that Dang. kind of I, like I said, it's not gonna say it, sh- it shocked me, but um, you know Saldate had that great tournament. Some of those matches, fifth six, uh, Coleman versus Bergy, was that a they did, that was a medical forfeit, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, Bergy med forfeited out. I believe he was already qualified. Right, yeah, that's true. So they just kind of forfeited the match there. It's the same with seventh and eighth place match. They met for forfeit too. But Coleman beat Berge in the quarterfinals. So, right. So I mean, it's not big difference there. Right. Um, you know, I was I actually I expected more out of out of Berge here. I was a little underwhelmed. I thought he would, uh, I thought he would beat Coleman, and I thought he would do. I thought he would do better. I yeah. didn't. I don't think he'd beat Brayton Lee, but if he had beaten Coleman, he would have ended up wrestling Saldate in the in the Conti semis. So, I think fourth was probably where I was looking at him. But I don't know. I think he would. I think he's better than he showed this weekend. Yeah, I mean, he's got another eight days, ten, whatever days uh, it is from now till NCAA's. But yeah, he'll be all right. Um, 
Coleman, Bergie. That's uh, that top six is pretty darn tough for Big Tens at one fifty seven. Yeah. But no, I mean one fifty seven, one fifty seven outside the Big Ten and ACCs is really kind of weak. I yeah. see, you know, Deacon, Young, Lee, and then you got um, Hydley, Keating, or not Keating, um, the Pitt kid, McCoy. Or oh yeah, Virginia, right? Virginia, out of Virginia, yeah. So, yeah. um, and then you get, you got David Carr. Yep, David Carr. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, this way it's going to be pretty pretty well defined going into nationals. Yep. So, uh, moving up to 165, Alex Marinelli defeats Ethan Smith yes. three to two. Ethan Smith is he he might be the most improved guy yeah. in the country. Yeah. Um. Obviously, that, that was my a... Buckeye talking, but. That was a close match, um, but we we saw uh, Iowa. You know, they went through their their COVID stage where they didn't compete, and then we kind of knew, be, like right before that happened, that Marinelli was out with COVID. So I, I think you know, in those two weeks or whatever that he took off, he might not have been able. I I mean, I'm assuming this COVID really wasn't affecting him too much as far as you know being bedridden or couch ridden or whatever. But I just think maybe his lungs aren't there yet you know obviously we, we know marinelli's a grinder and uh I, I think give him another two weeks after big tens leading into next weekend it'll be exciting to see where he's at yeah you know um i don't know if i'm buying into that as much i think marinelli is the number one guy in the country he's gonna find a way to train regardless of where he's at if he's feeling all right he, he's gonna be in his backyard throwing dummies or or stance in motion and finding a way to get a workout in throughout the whole process. Unless, unless it was obviously affecting him more than it, more than has been let on. But the, the match is closest times were in the first period. I mean, Ethan Smith was extremely close to finishing a single leg on the edge at the end of the first period that, that would have made a big difference in the, in the match, obviously, but it wasn't like a late match kind of push from Smith that kind of made it close. Yeah, and then um, in the semis he beat Cam Amin of Michigan two to zero. So another close yeah. match. Um, no, that's yeah. Which hey, Marinelli's Marinelli's good at winning those close matches. Yeah, can so, uh, it, I was just gonna uh, talk about talking the uh, the performance that wasn't the greatest out of this bracket. Yeah, that's Joe what I was Lee. gonna go to. Yeah, so there's a couple. There's actually two that I didn't think was uh, was very good. Joe Lee he got upset by Jonathan Spadafora. Yeah. I mean, Shout he's a New, New York. York. Yeah, he's a New York guy from section out in section nine. Um, he knocked off Joe Lee in, the, in overtime with. I mean, it was almost it was almost silly. It looked like it was like Joe Lee kind of gave up. I mean, Spadafora just came out, put his head down, and drove a double leg, and Joe Lee had nothing, no answers for him. And then he goes back. He beats he beats Josh Otto of Wisconsin. He pins Andrew Sparks, which was impressive, and that was my other, my next guy where I was going to say it was was subpar. Andrew Sparks comes out and goes one and two. Yeah, that's true. I didn't see them in the in the final top eight. Yeah, so I mean that was surprising. He lost a close match to Amin and then gets pinned by Joe Lee. But you know, if Joe Lee doesn't get upset there by Spadafora, you you probably see Lee and Sparks, you know, further on in this bracket and have a better day. That's always the the fun part of of bracketing, where yeah. one bad upset kind of affects bust it. three or four more people. Yeah, Spadafora, he's a Section Eleven guy, though. Is he? Yeah, I was. I just thought, you know, he's a half Hollow Hills guy. 
Oh, that's or right. East, okay. maybe one of those schools. Yeah, but he's a he's a loving guy. But yeah, Maryland only scored two points. I'm pretty sure those were the two points that they got, right? Yeah, I mean that's if they only scored two points, that's two points. That decision yeah. is two points. That's uh, that's the that's Maryland's team points right there over Joe Lee. Pretty good win, but <laughs> rip Joe Lee. <laughs> I mean, he pinned. He, uh, he ends up finishing tenth or eighth place, which is not a qualifying spot. So yeah, yeah. he's gonna need a qualifier. I'm not even. I'm not even positive he gets one. No, and with I mean, him not getting one, and then Bo Bartlett's probably not getting one. You know, Penn State's what not was his best win. I mean, did he beat him? Mean, or did it mean and beat him? I think it mean beat him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not positive. I don't have Russell set up. Cameron, I mean, <clears throat> did beat Jolie. So I mean, what Jolie? What's his best win? I don't even know off the top of my head. He sparks at at Big Tens. Yeah. I mean, it sparks yeah. not. It sparks isn't a qualifier. He's a freshman, right? So, right. I mean, he's not. I don't see him being there. Yeah, I don't. And I don't see that win being so counting as much. I mean, everybody was super impressed with Sparks because of his close losses, right? Not because he had a yeah had a big win or anything. Yeah, you're and right. I, I guess he beat Peyton Rob. Yeah, so that's, that's a good win. Um, he beat Nyhouse, I think, who's actually a qualifier, but. I mean, I don't think he's going to get in over top of these guys that beat him. No, I don't think so either. So, I mean, I think Joe Lee might be on the outside looking. And the only thing that might be going for him is the coach's rank, which I don't have on the top of my head, off, offhand. Yeah. But you never we'll, know. We'll find out tonight, right, for the qualifiers, probably early tomorrow. Well, I know the kids will find out tonight. I don't know if we will all find There should be a press release um, mentioning who, who has in the wild card at this point. But I don't know for sure. Uh, moving up to 174, uh, we had Michael Kemmer of Iowa beating Carter Strokey of Penn State 7-2 in the finals. Um, it, obviously, that's a good win for Kemmer because Strokey, everybody was high on him uh, this year. Obviously, he's, I'm, we're, everybody's still high on him. The 7-2 win was kind of deceiving. Um, you know, we talked about it before we got on air. Yeah, you know, when I was watching it, what was impressive to me was Soroki was on Kemmerer's leg. So after the first period where Kemmerer got a takedown, and it was it was surprising for Kemmerer too because Kemmerer got in on a real nice high crotch and was, it was almost like too easy of a finish. Something you don't really see against Carter Soroki um, is easy finishes, and, and he made it look easy there. But then the whole second period, Carter's kind of living on Kemmerer's legs. He's taking shots, and, he, and he's moving forward. And then at the end of the second he kind of just gets caught in a weird scramble position and gets put on his back for, for two and two kind of putting the match out of, out of reach. But right. I don't feel like that is super, super repetitive for Kemmerer. I don't see that match happening that same way again. Now I'm not saying that Kemmerer won't beat Strokey next time, but I definitely see it being quite a bit more competitive than it was this time. Yeah. Understandably. So uh, Kemmerer beat Massa in the semis four to two Strokey beat, Two seed Mikey Labriola, three to one in sudden victory. So um, that was uh, the semifinal match was a good win for Strokey. I kind of really want to watch Labriola wrestle Kemmer. Right. I mean, look at the third place match. Yeah. Labriola majored Logan Massa 11 to three. When's the last time we saw Massa give up that many points? Dude, uh, never. I just, it's bringing me back to a couple years ago when Massa flexed on brands, right? When he beat. Uh, oh, Mary yeah. And it just kind of like, obviously looking back at Venice, like, all right, Mass is going to be the real deal. Granted, he still is pretty good, but this weight has Labriola, Kemmer, and Strokey at, you know, 
above them. Uh, it's just weird to see him lose eleven to three. Yeah, he got he got pinned by Vincenzo Joseph um, last year. He got majored by Vincenzo Joseph a couple years ago, and he actually lost to Nick Wanzek from Minnesota fourteen to eight. So I mean, he didn't get majored, but he did give up fourteen points there. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's three times in his career he's given up more than ten points. Well, twice. Yeah, no, three. That's three. And then yeah. Imar. I mean, they're all excusable, right? Imar, Vincenzo. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh. At fifth place, Caleb Romero, he won over Donnell Washington of Indiana 5-0. to zero. So, uh, the, the, you know, Caleb Romero is a fifth, fifth place guy. He's pretty darn tough in, in his own right. I mean, we saw Washington beat uh, – well, he threw Soroki earlier in the year. But, uh, you know, those top five guys – they're going to be dangerous at Big Tens. I mean, I, I have a feeling that they're all going to find themselves find themselves a spot on the podium. I would imagine. Yeah, who outside? Who outside this Big Ten can break into this top five of the Big Ten here? Yeah, Dimitri Romero, maybe. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's a Big Twelve guy. He's sixteen and zero this year. Um, maybe maybe Bullard can pick one off. Yeah, I was going to say Bullard. Peyton Mako, maybe. But I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, I think these these five guys are your top five in nationals, in my, in my opinion. Obviously, it depends on seeds and how things fall. But um, I mean, Kemmer, Labriola, Massa, Staroki, and Romero—that's your top five going to NCAA's, and I think that's your top five coming out of NCAA's. Yeah, that's a good call. It definitely could be. Uh, moving up to 184, starting the tournament, Brands over Bronigal. That's nice to see as an Iowa Hawkeye fan. <laughs> no, I don't. I wasn't mad. I like Danielson Brands a lot. I think he he's actually probably he, I, he's my probably my favorite Iowa guy. He's a likable person, you know. Listen to his yeah. his interviews and stuff. And I'm I'm a big I'm a big physicality guy, and and anybody with the last name's Brands is a big physical big physical wrestler. So um, seeing the heavy hands and the hand fight that he has, that's probably my favorite part about him wrestling is his, is his hand fighting. So, um, I was actually really excited to see him get a win here. And actually, um, did he qualify? Yeah, he took, yeah, he he took, took fourth. fourth. So, yep. I, I, I don't know why I ranked there, but I'm excited to see him at national to see how he does against the, the other guys in the country. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he beat Bronigal, then he lost in the quarters to Brooks, which is, you know, on a different level. He, he lost 14-8. to eight. Did you see that match? No, that was you know, one of the matches on day one. That oh, yeah. I, yeah. So, Brands had a lead with i don't know maybe a minute and a half to go hmm. and brooks just kind of started pouring it on him but brands had a really good a really good match there and if he doesn't fall apart that might be a little different there interesting yeah that's good to hear it's good to know i mean going forward uh you know brands wrestled back he took fourth he lost to poznanski of Rutgers. Well, had an amazing tournament yeah right be, i mean i he wrestled weiler i believe in the county semis and I knew he, I had a feeling he was going to beat Weiler. He beat Rocky Jordan, I think, in his first Rust Black match, which looking at the bracket or looking at the top eight, Rocky didn't place. We're back to Nelson then, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Poznanski still. No, Poznanski had a good tournament too, though. Yeah, Nelson Brands did. He beat Rocky Jordan. He beat Owen Webster. He beat Chris Weiler. I mean, that's a tournament right there. I mean, he beat the – I guess this whole bracket was kind of tough, right? Everybody was beating everybody at some point or another. But – that's a really good tournament by Brands, and 
kind of makes Poznanski's, uh performance also just as impressive, but he knocked off um, Jaden Bullock and then Webster, and then he knocks off uh, Malsuski, who had just beat Max Lyon. So, yeah, good, good turn at both of those guys. And this whole tournament, this whole bracket was just full of hammers. You had no easy matches. Yeah, the young bucks prevailed in this in this bracket. Although we will say, I mean, this was probably the easiest "quote unquote" upset pick of these of the conference was right. It was events making the finals here, but yeah, and like um, I said, Weiler, I I didn't have a good feeling about Weiler, um, but it is what it no, is. I agree. Ends up taking fifth after getting a med forfeit from Malsuski, but yep. he qualifies, and we'll see where well he ends up in a bracket. Yep, up at one ninety seven. Uh, so I I wrote a flow radio live question to you know, flow. And it was more so about last year. I think eight of the 10 weights were one of two seeds were in the finals of big tens. And I knew a few of these guys that were seated at, you know, not so great seeds, you know, Kirk fleet, which obviously didn't have the good tournament, but some of these other guys that were seated low, um, maybe they can make the finals. And I, I knew 197 was probably the weight that he, he could make the finals, but I didn't think that he was probably going to win. And Schultz did not. Uh, so we saw Miles Amin of Michigan over Eric Schultz of Nebraska by seven to three decision. You know, Schultz had a close win over Caffey during the season. I believe it was six to five. And uh, Schultz beat Caffey in the semis two to one. So, you know, Caffey was right there to, to knock off Schultz in the semis. Yeah. As a guy who has Eric Schultz on his fantasy team, I'm going to need Cam Caffey to not be on the same side as Eric Schultz. Yeah. Because no. the third time, a th- two one-point matches, that third one, that third one's getting flipped, in my opinion. Yeah, gonna make it, it's it got to, right? I mean, 6-5, 2-1, 2-1. Cam's got to find himself um, on the winning side of that, I would imagine. Right. So that, that was the top semis. The bottom semis, Miles Amin of Michigan won over Jake Warner, 3-1, to one, sudden victory. You know, Jake Warner is that guy that he has a good tournament. He's he's right there. Like we see like ups and downs of Jake Warner, but I mean the downs aren't that down. But you know when he's on his offensive uh, game, he can score some points. Uh, so you know in the third fourth place match, Jacob Warner beat Cam Caffey eight to three. So if if Warner was on the other side of the bracket, I would have loved to see him versus Schultz. Yeah, no, I agree. Actually, I thought Warner looked really good this whole this whole tournament. Even against the mean, you know, there was a position in the semis where I thought Warner was going to score and win the match. He was he was super close, and then I mean they went to overtime and the mean just hit like a very clean, easy finish takedown, and it was like no scrambling involved. Which I mean, it's kind of a mean's mo is he doesn't his if he shoots he's finishing clean. He doesn't he doesn't like to get into the scrambles on his offense. But um, I was very impressed with Warner, and I'm not I'm not surprised if he actually kind of. He might be the one guy I think has a, sh- a legitimate shot from the Big Ten beating Miles Amin. Even though Beard did have a, a good match with him, I just don't. I don't see Beard having the composure to, to finish that match. Yeah, I mean, if and obviously Nationals, Iowa, you know, winning a team race, you know, if that's a semifinals match, whatever, and you know, Iowa's on a roll, you know, they're on a tear. I could see Warner feeding off of that momentum and and maybe beating Amin and. I'd be big for Warner, big for Iowa, especially. So, moving I mean, up. Iowa to, doesn't need more help. <laughs> yeah, right. No, probably not. Uh, moving up to 285, 
the grand finale, Gable Stevenson, the match that we were all waiting for, right? And I guess it's just to take it back, Mason Paris versus Kirk um, and the quarterfinals. Mason Paris, yeah. <laughs> he majors Kirk Lee, and and we we had we didn't see much of Kirk during the year. We saw him wrestle Maryland, I think two guys from Maryland, but uh, Mason Paris just comes out and majors him. You know, I got to think that, you know, I, actually, I didn't say this earlier when we were talking before, but I'm wondering if it was a Kirk Flea just not being in shape yet. Like, he came out. So, I know I, I know you didn't get a chance to watch this match, but Kirk Flea came out just shooting, shooting, shooting. And it, was, it wasn't great shots. I think, what he, I think he thought he needed to get in and get a lead because he knew he was going to gas or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he kind of shot himself into a hole and then – continued shooting himself into a bigger hole because at that point you just you got to make something happen but um i i'm almost wondering if this if he's just not in shape yet and he's just out there trying to get to work knowing he was going to qualify by beating these guys who aren't quite on their level yet yeah and he needed it we talked about barlett you know he needed like coming in and not getting that many reps during the year you need a tournament like this uh, you know, I talked about it with Jake Nolan after the IWAs, right? You, you wrestle four matches on the year. You come into a tournament and you wrestle four matches on a weekend. Um, it, it's obviously not ideal, but it's going to help you, you know, in a few weeks at NCAAs. So I, I think we're going to see a different Kirk at NCAAs, I would imagine. I agree. I almost, I'm almost talking myself into kind of throwing this performance out. <laughs> and it's weird to say that because then you go back and look at who he beat and he beats – Hilger 7-3, and he majors Christian Lance on the way to taking fourth place and qualifying in Nationals. But um, Cassiope getting the major, Mason Paris getting the major is is big. Yeah. So coming yeah, back, or, or after that match, Cassiope yep. uh, won the quarterfinals as well, 7-1. So Paris wrestled Cassiope in the semis down low. Paris came out and just pinned him 58 seconds. I did not watch the match either, like I said, but – How'd that go? I I was at Buffalo Wild Wings and didn't even see it. Like, I was freaking, I don't remember what happened, but I looked away and I looked back up and Paris to get interviewed and <laughs> matches over. I'm like, oh, man, what I missed. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. I, obviously, I didn't get to see it. I didn't, I mean, there wasn't a highlight out of it, so not good. Um, the other side, Gable Stevenson, he tech falled Orndorff in the quarters. Lance beat Luffman. Um, so, Gable Stevenson. One by injury to fall over Christian Lance to advance to the semis or to advance to the finals. In the finals match, we saw Gable over Mason Paris 12 to 4. This match solidified how good Gable really is. Why did Lance why did Lance injury to fall in the semis and then wrestle on the backside? Yeah, no, I have no idea. I was wondering that too. Like looking at it, he obviously lost to Kirk and then he lo- uh, loses to Tate Orndorf for fifth and six maybe he didn't want to get injured by gable Stevenson. i have no idea i'm just dumped did he have four matches like is there is that an issue? no i mean he's nine and five this year like <clears throat> yeah beats what me was man he trying to, what was he trying to accomplish i don't know that's a great I'm, question i am baffled anyways um yeah gable Stevenson's the best best heavyweight wrestler in the world and I'm picking him to win the Olympics, but he's he's just on another level. Yeah, no. Um, and I told you before uh, we started this, Paris took several shots. I'm going to really just talk about the, the second sh- takedown that Gable scored, which was 
in the end, uh, close to the end of the first period, it was a shot where you're really not going to take or and expect to score on Gable Stevenson. I mean, Gable's one of the best in the world. And the, the shot that he took was, I just don't understand how he thought that that was going to score. And then obviously he took a few different shots later in the match where we talked about, I think it was just the fact that he couldn't um, hand fight that well against Gable. And, you know, he was forced to either lose the hand fight, get snapped and, and, you know, spun behind like he did or take a shot and try to get on the legs and, and make something happen, which we kind of saw that. Um, Cause it was what? Six to three with 30 seconds left in the second period. And then well, it was four, three. And then, yeah. Four, and then Gable scored another takedown to, to make it six, three at the end of the second. But right. So he just kind of pulled away. I, I think Mason just has to get better with his hand fighting and uh, maybe come in with a better game plan, obviously, but uh, just, I don't know. Maybe don't let, maybe wrestle from space. I don't know. I mean, Gable's obviously good. We saw him shoot from space and, and take Mason down. Yeah, Gable's I don't. Good. I just don't see. A, I don't see a path to victory for anybody against Gable Stevenson. Um, if 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 he can come out and get get that dump, I think that's that's what he needs to do. I think that's his really only path to victory. But you put your hands on him, and his hands come heavy and come snaps, and there's just no shot. I don't know. I, I I'm not good enough to tell Mason Paris how to beat the best wrestler in the world. So. Good luck to Coach Bormet figuring that one out. Yeah. Um, so third place match, we had Tony Cassiope of Iowa with a major decision over Greg Kirkfleet of Penn State, 9-0. Um, you know, Cassiope, people were talking about he's on the on tier two by himself right behind those three, Stevenson, Paris, and Kirkfleet. You know, I think that win over Kirk helps solidify the fact that he is definitely I – mean, then again, he lost – he got pinned by Paris in the semis. I, I just think that he's – he's not below Kirk to where people think he is. Yeah. I think there was a conception coming in that it's, it's, it's Gable, it's Paris, it's Kirk. And then it's Cassiope. And clearly Cassiope came out and said, no, 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 I'm on an Island of my own. I may not be better than those two, but he's not better than me. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then we see Tate Orndorff beat Christian Lance for fifth and sixth, And then Hilger um, beats Luffman for seventh and eighth which it leaves Luffman out. Luffman's going to need a wild card. Obviously, he's the one we talked about. He didn't have a great season last year, and he, he really turned it on this year and, and wrestled well, I believe. Um, he just didn't perform that great, I guess, at the Big Tens. But I, I think he's going to get a wild card for the Big Tens. I mean, he's got a lot of quality wins. He has a win over Christian Lance. He has a win over Trey Hunger. He has a win over Orndorff. Yeah, all those guys um, that place above him, you know? Right, and those are all those three are all auto qualifiers. Yeah. And Lance or and Luffman, I believe, is one spot out of qualifying, which is another criteria, right? You gotta be one spot out of it. Yeah. You don't have to be, but it's it's a benefit it helps out to yeah. you to be one spot away from from AQ. So yep. um you gotta think he's gonna get one. Yep. So uh one that covers hour. that about covers the big tens. You ready to talk about what happened down in Tulsa? Yeah, let's do it. Um Kind of blitz through this a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, one twenty-five. Brody Teske, man, he he killed it. He had a great tournament, yeah. uh, knocking off t- uh, Taylor Lamont. I'm not sure I was prepared to say Brody Teske was going to beat Taylor Lamont this weekend, but he yeah. he uh, he did he did it. He he's killing it right now. He's having a great season. Yeah, eight six match over Vega, and then 
you know, 97 win over Lamont. Yeah, great win for Brody Teske. Um, yeah, I think he will stack up pretty well in the, the seedings for um, the NCAAs. Yeah, the one thing that's going to hurt him is his loss to, is his loss to Courtney. I mean, well, I guess it's not really going to hurt him because Courtney's undefeated, right? But right. Um, one thing it might actually end up doing to him that I I hope it doesn't, but I can see Teske being a five seed, maybe maybe a four seed. Um, so we go Spencer, Latona, Courtney, um, well, and Hildebrandt. Throw Hildebrandt in there. So that's four. And then you have, I mean, Teske might be the next guy up before yeah. Camacho, which is kind of what we want as fans. We want Camacho with the six because I firm, I personally believe that Camacho's the second or third best guy in the bracket. Obviously, right now he's got to be third, right? You can't, you can't right. say he's better than Arizona, but right. um, any day he can beat him. So, Yeah, as a Northeastern guy, I, I want to see Camacho on the other side of the bracket as Lee. So. Yeah, no, I agree. So up at 133, we've got Dayton Fix of Oklahoma State. He uh, won over Tony Madrigal in the finals, six to one. Notice that's a six to one decision. He did not get the major, and that's obviously kind of bit Oklahoma State in the ass when it came down to it. Yeah, a couple a couple of things in this tournament actually hurt them a lot. Yeah. Um, Master Giovanni being a big one, finishing in fifth. I believe he did not qualify right now. Yeah. So he's going to be looking for a wild card, which kind of hurts one Mr. Michael Rose. But True. Um, how about our guy Zach Redding down on yes, the island? Yes, Zach Redding with yes, a killer. Sir. Yeah, so he didn't have the tournament where – I mean, I kind of called it that he wasn't going to, you know, win in the quarters, win in the semis, and then see fix in the finals. But he had a great uh, wrestlebacks. Yeah, he did. You know, I – I did think so. Here, here's here's the path that I thought he was going to get in the front side. You know, we all thought he would have Ryan Sullivan in the, in the quarters. I thought he'd beat Sullivan, and then I thought he would have Zach Price because I thought Price would be magical, and magical obviously pulled it out. But then he ends up seeing Price in the Concy semis, and he beats Price there to to earn his spot at nationals. And then he knocks off Moshe Schwartz um, of Northern Colorado, who was also seated ahead of him. So. Big tournament by him, knocking off Price and Schwartz both, um, losing a magical. But you know, you get to you get to the big show. You get to the big show one way or another. Yeah, and then uh, up at one forty one, the battle of uh, Dom Demas versus Ian Parker. Demas did it. Yeah, four to three uh, tiebreaker. So you know, Demas rode him out, and uh, got the win over Ian Parker. Obviously, we we talked about this match. How I think Parker's won the last few, right? Yeah, Parker's definitely won the last two. Slowed down his offense, which obviously still did this match, but it was yeah, just... Parker won the last two matches between the two of them. Um, but that was uh, Oklahoma's lone champ, I believe, in the finals. So which I mean, is they, unreal. I think yeah, and, and to think that they finished, they they were co-champs. They just had a great uh, Russell background. Absolutely. Yeah, they kind of killed it there. I think they ended up with seven qualifiers. I think I saw. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I think that's the number I saw, but man, these brackets are so annoying. Yeah, no, I it was hard to read them. I mean, obviously you could read them as a wrestling fan, but just they weren't ideal, you know. I couldn't imagine being like one of these people's parents who don't understand wrestling and like. <sighs> yeah, that's that's unimaginable. Trying to watch this, like, shoof, this is awful. <laughs> Moving up to um, one forty nine, uh, Boo Lou yeah, Allen of one, Oklahoma one, one State. More note at one forty one, um, Caden Jafeller. Oh yeah, 
he wrestled, right? He ended up losing first round, and he wrestled back to the seventh place match and then didn't weigh in. He just chose not to wrestle. And he would have had uh, King Sandoval for for seventh and just didn't wrestle. And, I mean, that's another big big reason why Oklahoma State's not lone Big 12 chance right now. Yeah, you start to add some of those up, and it's it, it they could have been, a, been ahead of Oklahoma for a few different times. Shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. Right. Pistoled themselves. Moving up to 149, <laughs> Bula Wallen of Oklahoma State won by decision over Oklahoma's Mitch Moore, 7-6. Again, this is a huge match for the uh, final team scores. You know, right before the final started, people were talking about how close this, the team score was going to be. And this match was was big, you know. Oklahoma State got the win, seven to six. Yeah, Mitch Moore had actually had a really good tournament. You know, he's been tough. He's really good. Obviously, transferred from Virginia Tech. Um, yep. Major Dylan Martinez gets a close win over John Jensen of Wyoming, who's really tough, and then has a seven six match to Luwala, which I did not think that would be a close match coming into it. I mean, Mitch Moore is tough, and he stays in really good position, but. Bulu Allen is is an off is really good offensively, and I thought he would kind of pull that away. Um, but the big news out of this weight class is is Bulirez, Andrew Bulirez out of Northern Colorado. Yeah, he injury defaulting out. Yeah, I I don't know the story behind that. Um, I think I think he's just hoping to get a wild card, maybe. I mean, oh well, yeah, I mean that's got to be his, it, that's got to be his play. But I mean, I don't, I had no clue this was even a thing coming in. Yeah, and I and thought he would be wrestling, and then he comes it, out and maybe got hurt at practice yesterday or the day before or something. I don't know. Could have been it. I mean, you, you see some of these guys that at least wrestle a match or two and then drop. But yeah, we we've seen several guys like you know Hartman at EIWAs. He he didn't wrestle. He just he weighed in, and uh, that's the key, right? Weigh in, and then you know yep. hope for an at large. Exactly. Yeah. So moving up to 157, we kind of talked about David Carr. Next topic out of this weight. Uh, David Carr. Yeah, not won. a whole lot going into this one. No, one one of the semis, eight to two over K DeVos, and then one eight to two over Jared Flanick, Franick of North Dakota State. So, David Carr, next topic. He's going to be exciting to watch NCAA's. Moving up to one sixty five. Why is Sheets went zero and two? Looks like. Yeah. yeah why is Sheets went zero and two? Man. Bueno. That's nuts. Okay. Moving up to 165, we got Luke Weber of North Dakota State, won by decision over Cole Moody of Wyoming, 11 to seven. Um, Weber had a great tournament. He beat Whitlake in the semis, five to three. I mean, that Whitlake's been the guy in Big 12 at this weight. I'm pretty sure we would next topic to this weight when we were talking about it. I I think we did too as well. Yeah. <laughs> Luke Weber said, "Watch this, guys." <laughs> and I think we talked about Whitlake beating Hall in the in the uh, finals. Maybe. Yeah, preview. for sure. I mean, Peyton Hall is really tough. Yeah. And then they end up meeting for third. And Whitlake obviously pulls that out. I think I think Whitlake qual- auto-qualified. But even if he didn't, I mean, he'll be at the big show. He'll yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive that he did. I mean, then again, maybe he doesn't get an AQ or wild card. If you think of the ACCs, I mean, they're going to have three 65. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, we'll see. But hope, I mean, he'll be, I, I'm positive he'll be there. Yeah. Moving up to 174, Demetrius Romero of Utah Valley. Um, this was Utah's second uh, finalist. I think it's the first time they've had two finalists in their in the history, or or maybe a definitely a long time. Which, I mean, looking at it, they could have had three, right, with Tate Orndorff if he was still um, a Utah Valley guy. But yeah, uh, no, I mean, 
Yeah, so D- Demetrius Romero wins by decision over Northern Colorado's Jackson Haymauer. Um, Haymauer, he beat Haymauer 6-2. to two. Uh, I think that was Northern Colorado's only guy in the finals. Uh, no, Schwartz might have. No, yeah, so. No, Schwartz took fourth. Fourth, yeah, he lost to Redding. So, uh, yeah, that's, I think, their only guy in the finals. I mean, obviously, yeah. Lirez would have probably been in the finals, I think. But Yeah, you know. R- rough showing for uh... – for Troy Boy's team, but yeah, you know. but I mean, I think that was their highest performance at Big 12s in history. I'm pretty sure Troy tweeted that out. So, I mean, so we, we say bad showing, and then it turns yeah. out it's one of their best ever, but yeah, right. I'm sure they, they did expect a little bit more out of it. So, moving up to 184, um, this was kind of had a controversial you know, people talked about it on Twitter, and I mean, I watched this was one of the matches I watched live. I drove home from Watertown from watching Big Tens, turned the TV on, and bam, um, you know, Parker Kekhaijin over Tate Samuelson of Wyoming, five to three. Kekhaijin scored a takedown, and before the takedown was, you know, there, Tate Samuelson stepped out of bounds, and it was clear that he stepped out. Yeah, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch this, but I did hear a lot about it. Somebody said that they they even reviewed it, and it was yeah. clear as day he stepped out, and they still upheld the call. So. Maybe they didn't have independent reviewers here. Maybe that I think that was one of the other issues I saw is Big 12s didn't have an independent reviewer. So like the the official on the mat was was reviewing their own call, which mm-hmm. we've all we've all know the issues with that. But yeah, that's true. Um, and obviously, I mean Parker Kekhaijin is going to be one of the top seeded guys I think at NCAA's, right? I mean we talked he about... could be he could be a two seed. We yeah. don't really know for sure, and, but you know he, could be he two, just he could be three. He just won five to three over Tace Amosin. You know, with that takedown being controversial. I mean, if that didn't happen, the, the NCAA seeds might be really wonky at this weight. I mean, they're already going to be. I mean, every season be wonky. But I guess they're going to be wonkier now that the fact that he he won, right? Yeah. So. I mean, there. I, I honestly, if he would have lost, we might have been happier with the seeds that we're going to end up getting. Yes. I think um, that's where you're getting at, but yeah, that's where I'm getting at. Um, but looking back at the review, like if you if when they zoomed out, um. The black mat and then the, the blacks the uh the platform was black. I mean, it, it, it kind of blended in together. So I, I guess if they were looking at it from an angle, maybe they just didn't see the mat. I or maybe they didn't see the edge of the mat. I don't know. But so did he step out of bounds or did he like step on the hardwood? Or like well, the, off the mat? The, the pla- yeah, he stepped on the platform. The the black Oh, platform. okay. So I mean I guess Right, because it was an elevated right. stage. Yeah. I see so what you're saying. That was that. So moving into one ninety seven. The team score is 124 for Oklahoma, 120 for Oklahoma State. And <laughs> fast twitch Ferrari's got to get a win to to tie it 124 to 124 to make Oklahoma State Cowboys the co-champs. And he's got to get bonus points to put them ahead of Oklahoma and be the outright champs of the Big 12s. Watching him do what he did in the finals was impressive. Yeah, again, unfortunately I didn't get to watch this, but I did hear a ton about it and I mean – Say what you want about Edgy Ferrari, but a true freshman coming into the Big 12 Finals, knowing his team needs a major and doing everything he possibly can to get that done. He comes up a little short, yeah. but he, he did everything he could to try and help his team win a team title. I mean, that's that's big for a true freshman to put put that on his back. No doubt. He won in the semis, which I was pretty high on Tanner Sloan. Tanner Sloan's dinged up, and it, it kind of showed, but... I don't know how dinged up he is, but, uh, you know, he beat Tanner Sloan seven to one of the semis. I think Tanner Sloan might've came back, took fourth, maybe sixth. I, I don't know. I think he lost in the, in the Russell background. Yeah. He ended up losing. He actually got pinned by Coleman. Yes. Marcus Iowa Coleman. State. Yep. 
And so, then he um, bet forfeited for fifth, so he ended up, he ended up falling all the way to sixth place. Yeah. So obviously not the tournament he wanted, and uh, I, I just think he's dinged up. And on the other side, Buchanan versus Adams for the third time this year. And Buchanan won this third match. You know, it was three to two win. We kind of talked about Adams. He's he's got to be you know, three times it's hard to beat somebody. And yeah, he did it. And now he's gonna have to do it a fourth time. Yeah, crazy, right? I almost wish I, if if I was Buchanan. Obviously, you don't you never want to lose a match. But man, if there's a, if there's a time, it's 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 this one. Yeah, I mean you're uh, going to you're going to nationals. I mean, it's just that luck factor that. The other, the other side of it, obviously, the other side of it could be, you know, you're in this guy's head. You know, you're, you're kind of showing him, I'm so much better than you. You're never going to beat me. You know, maybe yeah. it's a big brother kind of factor at some point, but man, these guys are close. Yeah. So the finals, AJ Ferrari wins over Buchanan, thirteen to eight. Uh, there was a, ma- there was a point in the match where he kind of blew through him on a double and, and uh, kind of put him to his back. I thought maybe there was two and two. And they reviewed it, right? Um, the ref probably could have waved one as he's going down, and then you know the two, and it, it could have been a two count. I think they could have gone either way with it. They chose not. They chose no near fall. You know, had he had he have scored that, he probably would have got the bonus points to win. But he he threw the brick. Uh, John Smith threw the brick. I just think at that point, like he was starting to break him. I don't know. Maybe if he didn't throw the brick, and obviously because it wasn't overturned, so if he didn't throw the brick, I think he just could have poured it on him a little bit more. You know, Ferrari was feeling himself. He kind of, you know, did the OSU little chant thing to the crowd. And the crowd seemed pumped up, right? I mean, we saw some fans in the stands, and they obviously got rowdy behind Oklahoma State, their their, their cowboy in the finals, because they were pulling for a major decision. And yeah, was- no, for sure. And, you know, getting that crowd behind you, and that's another factor of him, you know, being a true freshman, coming out and kind of, going balls to the walls but that crowd always makes a big difference for anybody i don't care anybody says the crowd is a factor in any match anywhere yeah and then uh moving up to 285 cannon gremel of iowa state won by decision over brian andrews of wyoming two to zero um one of our guys that we we mentioned last episode brandon metz for north Dakota state he had an impressive showing he made the semis losing to andrews four to three i think isley of northern iowa did not qualify, right? He was a second seed, I believe. Well, actually, so Mets beat Isley in the quarters in tiebreakers, and then they ended up wrestling again for fifth, and Mets beat him once again in sudden victory. Yeah, oh, shout out, Mets. Yeah, so good on him. And I don't know how many spots they had here, but um, you got to think that's – I mean, that's a shot at a, a wild card beating up Cutter Isley twice. Yeah, and, I mean, Gremel beat uh, Heinzelman from Oklahoma in the – uh, semis three to one, you know, overtime, sudden victory. So Gremlin was right there not to be in the finals. And obviously if Oklahoma would have won that match, get it in the finals, they the team score obviously would have been different there too as well. So Yeah, they win there. You know, the last last bone I gotta pick about Big Twelves is stop taking team points. It's so stupid. Yeah, don't do that. I mean they they lost because they lost team points and that and then I mean yeah, G Feller I think gave up a team point. Please. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know. John Smith got hit for a team point. Like you're gonna punish the kids because the coach made a mistake, or like a lot of times it's the team points are freaking control of mat space. Like, give them a yellow card, give them a red card, do whatever you gotta do, but stop taking team points. It's so stupid. It's the only sport that takes away teams points. Yeah, no, I hear you. So, uh, I mean, that covers Big Twelves. 
uh, as we mentioned during the podcast, the uh, the at-larges are coming out either tonight or tomorrow morning. I think we plan on going, uh, not live, but having a show tomorrow night for the, the NCAA brackets, right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm not going to look at the brackets till I get home. I have a match, my, my, I have a youth match tomorrow night. Okay. I'm not even going to look at them. I'm going to give you my live reaction as we're recording tomorrow. Yeah, I'll do the same then. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm going to look at the uh, – the at largest, if the at largest, oh, yeah. I'm looking at wild cards. I need to know if Mike gets in. I'm not even. If if there's a wild card, um, if if there's a link that comes out tonight and they share it, I'm gonna share it on my Twitter and I'll share it on my Facebook at More Wrestling. Um, you know, obviously we got some New York guys that are on the cusp of ha- being an at large, um, and ha- getting a wild card to the NCAA tournament next weekend. It's it's gonna be exciting. So hopefully some of our New York guys get pulled through. Yeah, yeah follow us. Yeah. We'll we'll make sure everybody's aware. Yeah, you got anything else? Nope, I'm all set, man. Yeah, so uh, thanks again for tuning into this episode. We'll be back again tomorrow night. Um, we'll be back with another episode of the NCAA Bracket live reactions. So, uh, again, follow us on social media. Zach on Twitter at Wrestling 607 Follow me at More Wrestling. I'll be on Twitter and Facebook, both at More Wrestling. So, I'll have shirts made up for the state tournament, too. I just put my order in today. So Can't excited. wait. Yeah, so uh, that about covers it. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace out.